Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a wonderful show for you today. We have, I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and we have our one of our regular hosts, Father Michael J. Sparrow, S.J. He is going to be speaking to you about redemptive suffering. You know Father Michael, but in case you're tuning in for the first time, Father is a retreat director and spiritual director at the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House in Barrington. He holds an MFA from Yale School of Drama, and he is a doctor of ministry, he, which he received at St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois. He is the founder of Caris, a national Jesuit retreat ministry for young adults in their 20s and 30s, and has trained spiritual directors at Loyola, Loyola University, Chicago. Father is seen regularly on Shalom World Catholic Television and is heard regularly on WKRC Radio in Cincinnati and WSFI Catholic Radio in the greater Chicagoland area. His website is heartoheart.org, and you'll want to check that out because there's some wonderful things he has on there to offer you. Um, some videos and books and various things. So, Father, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joan. Always a delight to be back here at WSFI. And, and so what I, I neglected to say, tell us what you're going to be talking about. Yes, redemptive suffering. Uh, so suffering that is united with Jesus. Suffering that has merit and meaning. Beautiful, beautiful. I look forward to this. That's a very big part of my life as I've learned about it in the last five, six years. And so tell us, um, where do you start? <laughs> so um, the idea for this show actually came in our last radio broadcast where you and I were just talking and reflecting on some of the things that have been going on in your life, some of the things that have gone on in my life, uh, and speaking with some of the other ladies in the, in the studio audience here at WSFI. And we went on for, what, another half hour or yes, 40 minutes yes. after the show was over just talking yes. about the mystery of suffering and all of the questions that it brought up. So we thought we'd dig into some of those today. Beautiful. Um, I, I did a little bit of research in preparation for the show today and in particular looked at the apostolic letter from St. Pope John Paul II. He wrote a whole letter on on redemptive suffering. The Latin is salvivitrice dolores, the redemptive suffering. Oh. He wrote that, as I said, in 1984, uh, when he was in relatively good health. Uh, but as we know, um, as uh, Pope John Paul aged, his suffering became much more transparent with that very debilitating uh, Parkinson's that afflicted his, his body, his speech, his, his ability to be able to walk uh, and, and, and talk. And in his uh, final days, Pope John Paul asked that uh, the Gospel of John, the Passion account of the Gospel of John, would be read to him. I was very moved when I heard that because Pope John starts out his apostolic letter by saying, suffering, and I'm quoting here, suffering like all human things finds its true meaning in Jesus Christ. It's both a burden and a joy. Why it's a burden is evident. Why it is a joy requires reflection into the mystery of redemption in Christ Jesus. So in the final 
days of seeing Pope John Paul's life, he not only talked the talk, he walked the walk yes, of did. uniting himself, which he had attempted to do throughout his entire life, and to unite himself to the sufferings of Jesus. That theme of uniting uh, oneself to the suffering of Jesus is uh, one that we've spoken about uh, tangentially in so many of the programs, and in at least three or four of the programs here, I've talked about uh, the book Lessons from the School of Suffering by my uh, dear friend, Father Jim Willig, who was a diocesan priest who uh, died of cancer in 2001. And in that book, uh, Father Jim says that the most important thing that he's learned in his bitter suffering is to unite himself with Christ on the cross, who unites himself with me on my cross. Let me just read that again. The most helpful thing I've learned in my bitter suffering in his two-year battle with cancer, renal cell cancer, the most important thing, the most helpful thing I've learned is to unite myself with Christ on the cross who unites himself with me on my cross. That's really at the heart of this apostolic letter on redemptive suffering that uh, St. Pope John Paul writes. He said that suffering is when it's united with Christ leads to compassion. And then he breaks down that, that word compasio, passio meaning suffering, come with, compasio, to suffer with. That when we unite ourselves, as Father Jim is saying, in our suffering with the sufferings of Christ, what is born in our heart is compassion for others in their suffering. Uh, Pope Francis has also reflected on this uh, theme of suffering many times in his speech. And in his uh, characteristic uh, uh, Pope Francis style, he said, we Christians are called to suffer with patience, not to be whiners. <laughs> and he points to the story of the uh, story in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, where Paul and Silas are being persecuted and they're thrown in jail simply for proclaiming the gospel. They, they're doing what all Christians are called to do. They're proclaiming the gospel, and they're beaten, and they're thrown in jail. But then Acts chapter 16 records that they were joyful because they followed Jesus on the path of his passion, a path that the Lord traveled with patience. And then Pope Francis adds, this does not make us sad. No, it's another thing. This means bearing carrying the weight of difficulties, the weight of contradiction, the weight of tribulation on our shoulders. This Christian attitude of bearing up, of being patient. It's a process, says Pope Francis. Allow me this word, says Pope Francis, process. A process of Christian maturity through the path of patience. A process that takes some time that you cannot undergo from one day to another. It evolves over a lifetime, says Pope Francis, arriving at Christian maturity. It's like good wine. Do you remember that 
uh, old Orson Welles commercial for, for wine. He said, we serve no wine before its time. Well, this is the reference that uh, Pope Francis is giving here, too, that to grow into this attitude that Father Jim talks about, that St. Pope John Paul talks about, that Pope Francis is talking about, he said, you don't simply snap your fingers and arrive at that. This is a process of a lifetime of continuing to unite our sufferings with the sufferings of Jesus. And he said, when we do that, we're called to do it without complaint and to endure in peace. Suffering is inevitable in, in life. But whether it's going to draw us into the heart of Jesus or not is another question, and that has everything to do with our attitude and with our faith. So uh, this patience that Pope Francis calls us to, he says, renews our youth and makes us younger. And he mentions how he's seen this so often among elderly people in hospice care who have endured so much suffering in their life. But when they learn to surrender to it and to unite their sufferings to the heart of Jesus, there's a renewing of our spirits. Today, we celebrate in the Catholic Church the Feast of St. Irenaeus. Uh, he died in the year 202, so very early in the history of the church. Uh, history records that St. Irenaeus was the bishop of Lyon, France, uh, for over 25 years, and he died as a martyr. He was a disciple of St. Polycarp, who was a disciple of St. John the Evangelist. So, third-generation Christian. And uh, one of the things that uh, Irenaeus is famous for is he was the first one to argue that we need a Christian Bible that would consist of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I, I never really thought about that, you know. We, we take this so much for granted, but the early Christians, of course, were all Jews, and uh, uh, then as they were kicked out of the synagogues, they started celebrating in their own homes. And as the Christian scriptures were gathered together, Polycar or, or Irenaeus was the first one who said, we need a Christian set of, of scriptures. Now, it, it took a hundred years for the church to eventually agree on that uh, and come together in this rich source of wisdom that helps us understand our faith more deeply. And my favorite saying of St. Irenaeus is, the glory of God is a person fully alive. The glory of God is a person fully alive. And that's what Pope Francis is pointing to here when he says that patience in the face of our suffering renews our youth and makes us younger even as our bodies degenerate. And I certainly saw that in the life of my friend Father Jim Willig. That's, that cancer journey that he went through did not destroy him, it transformed him. And in the words of Pope Francis, he became younger. He became more joyful. He became absolutely more loving. And the other one of my heroes that I've spoken of so often on this program is Cardinal Bernadine. The same thing happened for Cardinal Bernadine in the midst of his cancer journey and the uh, false accusation that was labeled uh, against him. 
and Cardinal Bernadine's confronting those fears, it transformed him from a very gifted church bureaucrat into an extraordinarily loving man. That's Jesus's desire, and that's part of the reason why I love Irenaeus's quote so much. The glory of God is a person fully alive, and from God's perspective, God wants to transform us so we become more fully alive, less fearful. I just finished directing an eight-day retreat at the Bellarmine Retreat House where I, where I live and work. Bellarmine Re Retreat, our website is jesuitretreat.org, jesuitretreat.org. So I was directing um, several people in the course of the week, and one of the people that was on retreat today on the final day of the retreat, I said, name some of the graces that came to you in this week of prayer. And this one woman said, I'm less afraid of suffering. And I thought that was so profound because this is a woman who has suffered deeply in her life and she's been terrified of future suffering. What, what if, and she's lost her husband and she's lost a, a, a son and she's had physical suffering in her whole life. But what was the result of her deep prayer was to face the future with hope. And this is one of the things that uh, Pope St. John Paul II has reflected on the apostolic suffering. He said, so many of the atheists of our time throw that up in our face, don't they? The mystery of human suffering. If God is real and God was all-powerful, then wouldn't he want to take away suffering in our life? And if God is all loving and all God, all merciful, wouldn't he want to take away suffering from our, from our life? So the fact that we suffer so deeply in our lifetime, the atheists argue, either means that God is not all loving or he's not all powerful or he would take away our suffering. And St. John Paul addresses that in his apostolic letter on redemptive suffering. And he said, no, God's desire was not that we suffer. That wasn't the original plan. The original plan is that we would live in harmony and peace with, with each other, that we would live without, without fear, that there would be no death in this world, that there would be no suffering. And God said to Adam and Eve, you can eat of all of the trees in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if you do, you will die. And Satan slithered into the garden and deceived Adam and Eve. We talked about that uh, last month in, in the program. They believed the lie rather than the author of truth. And as a result of believing that deception, sin entered into the world. We became afraid of God. We became aware of our own nakedness, of our own vulnerability, and deep suffering entered into the world. And yet, even then in the book of Genesis, there was this promise that God would save us from our suffering. And so there was this long yearning for this uh, Messiah to come. Who, and we as Catholic Christians, as Christians, believe that Jesus, the answer that God gives us to human suffering is Jesus' promise of being Emmanuel, I am with you.
I am with you. You know, the, the Jewish scriptures struggled to make sense of this. And the early understanding in the Bible of suffering is that if you were a good person and you followed the laws and you said your prayers and you tried to the best of your ability to avoid a life of sin, then God would reward you in this life with wealth, with property, with children, with a happy life, and with a long life. Enter the book of Job. Job is the righteous man who does everything right, and he's terribly afflicted. He loses his children. He loses his property. His body is afflicted by scales. And his friends say, you must have sinned. You must have been doing something terrible. And the straw that almost breaks his back is even his wife turns on him and says, why don't you just curse God and die and get it over with? And the answer that comes in the book of Job is to say God is God and we are not. We will never fully understand God's mind. We look at it from a narrow perspective. We look at it from a narrow pr perspective. And the book of Job says the, the wideness of God's vision and the power of God's vision cannot be comprehended by a mere human being. Trust that God makes all things work to the good. That's the best that the Old Testament has to give us. And it's taken to such a, a higher degree with the incarnation, with Jesus coming into the world as Emmanuel, God with us. Born in poverty, born in, sim in simplicity, born in shame, born in fear. If you just meditate on the nativity narrative, you see the deep suffering that Jesus and Joseph and Mary enter into in, in their lives. And Jesus embraces that. Jesus comes into this world not in wealth. He embraces the poverty of, of human life, which is a great suffering. Poverty is a great suffering. And Jesus is born into that. He embraces it. To be vilified and condemned by, by others, to be accused, you know, that emotional, psychological uh, suffering that Cardinal Bernadine endured with the false ac accusation. Uh, to be hated that St. Pope John Paul endured by the assassination attempt on his life. Jesus endured that as he dies on the cross with tremendous physical suffering of the, ag the agony that he went through on the cross. If you ever read the book, A Doctor Looks at, at Calvary, and I, Joan, Joan, I know you and I have talked about this, the details, just the excruciating torment that Jesus went through and the scientific su studies that have gone through on the Shroud of Turin uh, of what, what uh, Jesus went, went through. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The New Testament answer that... Uh, the scripture gives is that God is with us in our suffering. And as St. Pope John Paul says, as Pope Francis says, as my friend Father Jim said in that quote earlier, our task is to unite ourselves with Jesus, to believe that Jesus is there with us, with compassio. He is with us in our hour of suffering. 
and that gives meaning to our suffering and it it, it builds patient endurance and when we live that over the course of a lifetime then we're able to experience what St. Paul and St. Silas experienced, which was actual joy in the midst of the suffering, that they were found worthy to suffer for the sake of the name of Christ. Now that's, that's suffering to a high degree. And as Pope Francis says, we don't get there overnight. We gradually pray to be able to, uh, to, to move into that deep truth. Now there's a lot more that St. Uh, John Paul says in his apostolic letter and more that uh, Pope Francis says and there's a lot more that uh, 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 St. Paul says uh, and we'll save some of that for later in the program but Joan I notice you've been taking oh. copious <laughs> notes over there so let's di just digest a little bit of, of what uh, I've been talking about There so was far. something that jo Pope jo St. John Paul II said about don't waste suffering yeah. didn't he say that he does. He, 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 uh, so if we suffer and we're just gritting our teeth and enduring yes. it, or say, oh, oh Lord, let me, let, me get, let me get through this, you, you know, stiff upper, upper lip, that's, that's not what he's talking about in terms of redemptive suffering. That we offer, uh, we offer this up for the forgiveness of our own sins and we are, and there's a whole section here where he talks about that we can offer it up for others. Yes. We can offer up our suffering for others. And uh, there's numerous, numerous quotes in St. Paul where he talks about, I'm offering up my suffering for you. Nice. <laughs> I'm in chains right now. I'm offering up my sufferings for you. Yes. If it were up to me, I would like to go to heaven right now. I would just as soon be with the Lord in glory. I don't have any fear of death at, at all, but I'm offering up my sufferings for you. <laughs> so St. John Paul says, don't waste your sufferings. Offer it up for the forgiveness of your own sins. Offer it up for your family, for your family's sufferings. And offer it up for the poor souls in purgatory, for the members of your family who have died. When and. And offering that up means united with the heart of Jesus. Yes. Yes. United with Jesus on his cross, who wants to unite himself with us in our cross. And he will answer our prayers to help those that we pray for, that we offer our sufferings for. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to coming upon a break, and then we will be back with some prayer intentions and to discuss this further with the Annie here and Pat. Juliana Taimorazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. Are you retired or near retirement? 
Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. This is Father Mitch Paco from EWTN Radio in Arndale, Alabama. It is such a great way to learn more about the faith by listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. You can join us for information about what's going on in Catholic news, ways to understand the faith better, and ways to become evangelists yourself. So please continue to listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. We're talking about redemptive suffering. Father Michael Sparrow has just given a brilliant um, rendition of what redemptive suffering is. And um, Father, I'm just blown away by all you shared. So that's why I had to take so many notes. Um, first, of, The first off you started with um, John Paul II refers to redemptive suffering, the passion of the Gospel of John. Uh, true meaning in Jesus Christ, uh, the passion in John's gospel, that really speaks, that really clarifies what we're talking about here. Yes, and I was deeply moved when I heard that uh, Pope John Paul asked. He couldn't speak at that point, Mm -hmm. and he knew that death was drawing near, Mm -hmm. and they were keeping vigil at his bedside. And what do you do when you know that you're coming to meet the Lord? And Pope John Paul's answer was, please read to me the Passion Passion. account from the Gospel of John, which is the richest and the fullest account, has more detail, and there's those long discourses that that Jesus gives, uh, his priestly prayer, um, the the, the mandatum to wash one another's feet, his beautiful reflections on the vine and the branches, uh, these long reflections that, that Jesus gives, really that speak to the heart of our faith. I am the vine, you are the branches. Yes, Apart yes. from me, you can do nothing. Yes. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Yes, yes. Um, powerful, just powerful. So suffering most keenly helps us unite ourselves with Christ because that's the gift it, of, he gave us. It, it isn't the suffering, Joan, in, in and of itself, because suffering in and of itself means is meaningless. We have to bring the meaning to the suffering through our faith. Beautiful. And that's that act of, that's why I like the very succinct quote from Lessons from the School of Suffering, that's available on that website, heartoheart.org. Lessons from the School of Suffering from Father Jim Willig, heartoheart.org. Father Jim had to learn that. Right. 
and it was a he wrote this book a year into his cancer journey reflecting on what cancer was teaching him. And I mm -hmm. think that's exactly the right attitude, that God is not pointing his finger at us to say, I want you to suffer. I am so angry with you. I'm going to throw you, throw you in jail until your sins are... No, that isn't God's attitude at all. He wants us to learn to learn to love. And it took Father Jim, who was a, he was a dear, holy priest, yes. but here he is... Uh, it took him a year into the cancer journey to say the most important thing I learned in my cancer was I got to unite myself with Jesus on the cross. And I do that very intentionally. Mm -hmm. And he was he's very graphic in his book talking about he, his favorite crucifix was one of Jesus was on, on the cross reaching down to St. Francis. And St. Francis is reaching up to, Je to Jesus. Beautiful. That was so meaningful because that spoke, that was an artistic rendition mm -hmm. of that theology of he saw himself in that moment as mm. St. Francis yeah. uniting himself with the suffering of Jesus. Yeah. And that's what, what Pope Francis is talking about. We have to learn that. We yeah. have to practice it in the little sufferings ev every day. Oh, I stubbed my toe. You know, somebody took my place in line at at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I I burned, you know, the meal that I was preparing for yeah. for my 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 family. You know, my car just died. All of those little sufferings that come every every day, we practice that redemptive suffering of uniting that with with Jesus. Yes, Annie, you had something you wanted to ask about Saint John the Baptist. Uh, was it that? about St. John the Baptist? Baptist yeah which we just celebrated but I don't know if it correlates with anything that we're talking about here um, and Jesus was alive at the time that John the Baptist was captured and put in prison and then eventually you know they cut off his head so I was trying to you know feel how when I was thinking about that what Jesus might have been going through uh, with for his friend John, who he grew up with. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's the way you just expressed that, Annie. I was trying to imagine what Jesus would feel. That's one of the ways that St. Ignatius teaches us to pray. He says, place yourself imaginatively in the scriptures. Uh, and we don't know that definitively, of course, but God has given us the gift of imagination. And what we know is that John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin. And uh, what we know from the scripture is that Jesus sought John out and submitted to the baptism, asked that John would baptize him. And that we also know that John said, he must grow greater, I must grow less. So John, John was this extraordinarily holy man of whom Jesus said, there's no one greater born of woman than John the Baptist. Yet the least in born in the kingdom of God is greater, is greater than he. Um, so of course, Jesus, fully God and fully human, would feel sorrow and, and disappointment uh, perhaps some anger at the injustice, at the ridiculous capriciousness of Herod's drunkenness and his debauchery that on a, on a whim, 
that he would uh, throw away the life of this great prophet. Uh So these very human emotions. We know that Jesus wept at at the death of Lazarus, his friend. We know that Jesus was moved with compassion at uh, uh, the widow of name when her when the funeral procession went by and she had lost her only son. That as an act of compassion, Jesus uh, brings the young man mm-hmm. back to life. So I'm sure with someone that he loved as dearly and deeply as John the Baptist that he would experience all of that fullness of emotion and know that this is calling him into great into front and center at the mm-hmm. beginning of his public ministry. You know, this program is probably just the very thing I need in my life at the moment. Um, I've been undergoing some very strenuous um, um, stress for, since my husband died, and I think it's affected me physically, and I thought it was my back, and I just got a call from the back doctor that the MRI was okay, that my back is stable. So Angela, bless her heart, who's been praying for me, suggested I might have post-polio syndrome. I don't want this to be about me, but I want to share. Right, It's right on what you're saying, what I need to do, because slowly I'm my muscles are so weak, I'm, I'm not able to walk very much. And so I'm leaning on things or I'm, you know, in the grocery store, I lean on the cart. And, and it's going to probably possibly lead to, you know, a walker and so forth. And, and it could be paralysis. So this is very f- up front for me today because I've been trying to offer this. <laughs> you know, Jesus, your will, um, bless my children, give my children faith through this. Um, I kind of don't know how to pray it. I don't know how to pray other than to talk to him and say, Jesus, take this and bless those that I love. Um, Do you have any ideas on how to offer our suffering? Yeah, well, I think the ways that you just suggested are very good ways. Um, St. Ignatius in the spiritual exercises talks about doing a conversation with God, speaking as one friend to another. Sometimes if we think of God as God, Mm -hmm. that can be very intimidating, and we just grovel grovel on the ground, and that certainly isn't God's desire. God comes to us intimately and personally, and so talking to God is, imagine your best friend and you're talking to your your best friend, and then multiply that a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times. That's the intimacy of Jesus, mm. who knows us better than we yeah. know ourselves. Yeah. And uh, some people fall into the trap of saying, "Well, if he already knows what I'm thinking, then why do I have to say anything? I'll mm-hmm. just I'll just be quiet because he knows." That's that's the worst of non-communication between a husband and wife. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll say, well, if I've lived t- with you for all these years, <laughs> you should know what I'm thinking. <laughs> you should know what I want for my birthday, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. But th- that's missing the point. We need to articulate, we need to name. It's not that God needs to hear it, but we need to hear ourselves praying, often out loud, mm-hmm. sometimes journaling it out, ri- writing mm-hmm. it on, on paper, sometimes praying with, with another person, but to say, what are, what are we feeling? And 
this is one of the things that uh, I think Father Jim articulates so well in part of the power of the book, and it's part of the power of Cardinal Bernadine's book, The Gift of Peace. Both of these men, one a priest, the, the other one a cardinal archbishop of the church, talked about their vulnerability. Mm. Father Jim talks about his anger at God. God, why why are you so so slow here? Why aren't you healing me? Yes, yes. He talks about his guilt. You know, what have I done wrong? What what did, uh, what, what brought this on? Mm. He talks about his frustration with brothers and sisters and cousins who said, you know, if you only had stronger faith, Jim, yes, the Lord yes. would, would heal oh, you. My. All of those kinds of things. So praying from a place of gut-level honesty yes, yes. of one friend to another is absolutely crucial to tell the Lord what we're feeling. Yes. To read stories in the Scripture mm-hmm. that we can identify with. Who am I feeling like right now? Right, right. I'm, I'm feeling like the woman at the well. You know, I want to wrestle with, yeah. with, with, with Jesus. Uh-huh. You know, I want to talk back, talk back and forth. Uh-huh. Or I'm feeling like Job right now. Yes. I'm just feeling like the whole world is crushing down on me and nobody understands. But the main thing is to relate to Jesus as a living person. As a living as, person. As not just a prayer, not just, a, you know, God Almighty and so forth, just as he is. And I would say your best friend. Your yes, best yes, friend. yes, beautiful. You know, as I was praying one day, I just thought, how am I going to pray for all these people? I have so many people I'm praying for. I have to write them all down, and they all have different needs and so forth. And the image that came to me was a garden, and I I planted this garden, and it, each person had a place in the garden. It was like a flower. And Jesus was there in the garden, and he tended to the flowers, but as I, I visualized each person in the garden. And then now when I go to pray for them, I thought, oh, they're over there. They're in a shady spot, like Jesus is like walking by them now, and then there's a little path. This helps my prayers so much, I can't tell you. Yes. Do you like it? <laughs> it's a beautiful, and you're gifted, Joan, with, with that ability to be able to visualize. visualize yes. And I would say for those who have that yes, gift of visualization, yes. um, Place yourself in the scriptures. Imagine yes. the scenes. Place yourself in, in the garden. Yes. Some people don't have that gift. I, I understand that. And, yeah. and so maybe you just write it, write down your, your prayers. The writing down slows them down, and yes. you have a, a record, and, you, and then read them out loud. Yes, yes. I would also say express it in a gesture, you know, raising your hands up to the, yes, up to the heavens yes. or beating your breast or, or bow, bowing, yes. bowing low placing our hands in, in petition, so we physically embody that prayer. All of those are ways of uniting, uh, uniting ourselves very intentionally to the heart of Jesus. I was, I was just going to bring up the idea of um, a morning offering and uh, offering your suffering and your sacrifices. I do that ritually every day, so I'm wondering how much benefit that really has. Well, it depends on how sincere your prayer is. <laughs> uh, I've been doing that same practice since I was a sophomore at oh. Loyola Academy, and I was introduced to uh, Sacred Heart devotion mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to the uh, what used to be called the Apostleship of Prayer, which is now called the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. So, uniting ourselves to the Pope's intention through the heart of Jesus, through 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 the heart of Mary into the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uniting our, ourselves with 
uh, with the heart of Christ. Very powerful if we believe it. Right. If we're just muttering the words, yeah, it's a waste no. of time. Well, and then, too, the rest of the day, I tried to um, think about things that I'm going through and if there's pain or just uh, mm -hmm. something that I don't want to do, mm -hmm. and I decide to do it anyway, uh, and offering that. So That's beautiful. That, that yeah. goes through my mind. I don't want to stop us, but there are prayer requests. So may I name them, Father, Please and then do. would you pray for these people? Please do. First, there is an anonymous email. For, uh, they're asking prayers for their 16-year-old daughter who has an eating disorder and asking prayers for her and for the father and mother that they can help her. Um, there's Father Anthony Jelnick has some heart issues, and so we would like to, you to pray for him. Kevin Sullivan's sister-in-law is, sister is sick. Uh, would you pray for her? And then there's a, uh, a prayer intention email, um, anonymous here. Pray for my grandmother who is battling stage four cancer. And then last but not least, my um, my husband's brother, Father Dick McHugh, S.J., who just died at 80, 88 in Baltimore. And uh, he died in hospice, had a very peaceful, beautiful death. Would you pray for all of them? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we bless you. And we unite the, our suffering with the suffering of these people who have asked that we lift them up in prayerful intention. We pray for the daughter with the eating disorder. We pray for Father Anthony in his heart condition. We pray for Kevin's sister, for the grandmother who is suffering from cancer. And we pray for the peaceful repose of Father Dick McHugh. We lift up the intentions of all those in our radio audience who are listening to this program. Give us the ability, Lord, day after day to turn over our sufferings, to unite them to your sacred heart, to know that you are with us truly as Emmanuel. May God bless us this day and every day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we just want to say a word to congratulate Father Sparrow. He's, he's uh, celebrating 50 years of his ordination to the priesthood. Father, congratulations. Yay. Thank you very much. <laughs> God bless you all. Yeah, you too, Father. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455 or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. <laughs>